Welcome to Full Rigor, a Florida true crime podcast. And on this episode, I'm going to take you back to the Fountain Bleu Hotel on South Beach. This was the scene of my episode 41 from stripper to trophy wife to black widow. The stripper Narcissa Sira Velez Pachenko married Miami Hotel Airben Novak Jr., whose father built the infamous Fountain Blue on South Beach. They were married for 21 years until Ben fell in love with a porn star, like you do. And Nancy Novak made sure that her husband would not live to divorce her. And her mother-in-law also wouldn't live to control her inheritance. It was a messy double murder. In fact, the mother's murder wasn't even considered a murder for a while until the husband was killed. But anyway... What is it about pool boys, especially well-built pool boys, and then evangelicals, evangelists with hot wives who can't keep it in their pants? I guess in this case, it was the hot wife who wanted to take it out of a young kid's pants. I mean, evangelists seem to be so buttoned down and God-fearing and fire and brimstone, but they've got a wild side, like Jim Baker and Jessica Hahn. What the hell? She accused televangelist Jim Baker of rape while she was employed as the church secretary. She kept dropping her pen. Tammy Faye Baker with those eyelashes. Oh my God, I don't, no wonder he had a wandering eye. But anyway, the same thing apparently happened to Jerry Falwell Jr., who had strong ties to President Trump. As our friendship has grown, so has my admiration for Mr. Trump. Well, from a GMA interview on ABC about a 20-year-old pool boy from the Fountain Blue on Miami Beach, he says he hooked up with Becky, Jerry Falwell Jr.'s wife, while Jerry watched. This reminds me of another kinky story with a nymphomaniac named Kathy Willits and her BSO deputy husband who liked to watch. But let's handle one weird relationship at a time, shall we? Now, Becky's like a middle-aged woman married to this uh, preacher guy. So she got a little jealous when her young boyfriend would hook up with other people. His new thing is, like, telling me every time he hooks up with people. Like, <laughs> like I don't have feelings or something. You don't make a joke, Yeah. Uh, not trying to do that. So that's all three of them in their lovely little torrid triangle of lust. The fine pool boy specimen's name, Giancarlo Granda. But I like to call him Giancarlo Grande because he had a grande. Okay, enough applause. I mean, this guy is an evangelical minister connected with the president of the United States and his wife's involved with a pool boy. And apparently he vacationed with them, went on business trips with them. Oh, boy. And they also gave him part stake in a Miami youth hostel to let him run it. And, uh, in fact, Jerry Falwell Jr. gave him a glowing recommendation to Georgetown, said he was a quick study on business, consistent, dependable, tabletop hard, <laughs> and someone who's operated with the highest business ethics and integrity, all while banging my wife in the missionary position, I presume, doggy style. <laughs> well, now Jerry Falwell Jr. is denying this burning bush of debauchery. So, Granda went on Good Morning America to explain that Falwell not only fell from God's graces by having his wife hook up with him, he's also a liar. Jerry's lying. Um, that was his game plan from the beginning, to just throw her under the bus, um, which I, I think speaks a lot about who he is, about his character. Um, 
and he was aware from day one of our relationship, and he he did in fact watch. Oh boy. So how did this work, though? How did they pick this kid out? He was 20 years old working as a pool boy at the Fountain Blue. So how did the whole sordid thing go down? So let's go back to when I first met them. I was 20 years old working at the Fountain Blue Hotel, um, working my way through college. And, you know, I'm talking to some guests and I I noticed this woman behind me staring at me and she was noticeably drunk. Um, And she was just flirting with me, you know, and then we started flirting back and forth. Um, and then towards the end of my work shift, she's like, hey, would you want to go back to my hotel room? And as a single 20-year-old, I'm like, yeah, of course. And, and then she's like, but my husband wants to watch. And immediately I thought it was a, a bit strange, and I backed off. And she's like, oh, no, but he, he's not going to do anything. He's just going to sit in the corner, and he just, he just wants to watch, and it's his thing. And she mentioned that they were actually at, the, at a swingers club the night before, uh, Miami Velvet. And, but it wasn't their thing. They said it was kind of gross because there's too many people and they wanted a more intimate um, session. So af- I had no idea who they were at the time. You know, after my work shift, they called me through a blocked number um, to schedule where to meet. And we met at another hotel. Uh, and I walk into the lobby and, you know, Becky's sitting there waiting for me. And we were both nervous at the time. And then she offered me whiskey to relax, to calm my nerves. We talked for a bit, I relaxed, and then we went upstairs and Jerry was laying on the bed. He was laying on the bed, he was drunk, and he was giggling. And again, I'm kind of weirded out at this moment, and I said, hey, if at any point you get jealous or you want me to back off, just uh, let me know and I'll walk out of here. He's like, no, no, just, just go for it. Dive in. Ugh. So Jerry, old Jerry, enjoyed watching, apparently. He was a voyeur. So what was Jerry doing while he was watching? Hmm. I don't want to go too much into the details. Um, I don't want to go too much into, into the details, but um, he, he, he enjoyed watching. <laughs> As I said, it reminds me of another sordid, sleazy, swinging couple involving a BSO deputy and Fort Lauderdale vice mayor and a woman by the name of Kathy Willits. And that will be my next week's full rigor. You don't want to miss it. Put it this way. The deputy, Kathy's husband, pimped his nymphomaniac wife out and liked to watch her bang her johns in their bed while he was inside their closet looking through the slats in the door. Really creepy. Now let's go back to Jerry Falwell and his dad, Jerry Falwell Sr. Jerry Falwell Sr. was an American Southern Baptist pastor, televangelist, and conservative activist. He was the founding pastor of the Thomas Road Baptist Church. It's a megachurch in Lynchburg, Virginia. And his son, Jerry Falwell Jr., the apple didn't fall far from the tree, but this apple was a little rotten. The apple of his father's eye, Jerry Falwell Jr., was a prominent member of the evangelical community. He took over as president of Liberty University after his father died in 2007. And his wife, Becky, talked about the Liberty students and how they had such good family moral values. We are so proud of our students here at Liberty. And it's it's just such an honor to be able to serve alongside them. And we try to teach good family values and good morals. So why did Giancarlo Granda bring up this love triangle now? What does he want? I've been wanting to cut ties. Again, I have an equity stake in the company, which they offered. I have an equity stake in the company. It has value. And I want to cut ties. And within the operating agreement, there's a selling mechanism. I have every right to want to sell my equity stake. 
I just want to cut ties. That's all I ever wanted to do. I never asked for more than what was promised to me. And Jerry himself memorialized this offer through text messages. Oh, never do that. Oops. So despite the text, the Falwell said that, oh my gosh, this kid also targeted other wealthy, lovely, voluptuous women. Granda said, uh-uh, they're lying. That's false. That's ridiculous. That's just them trying to, uh, to smear me. Um, it's, I think it's, it's kind of ridiculous to think that this 20-year-old with not many resources, I don't come from a family of a lot of money, uh, was targeting and preying upon uh, this power couple that have all the political connections and all the money in the world. Um, again, I, I feel like I was an ideal target for them. Ashley was given some real estate, a youth hostel in Miami, and he says he never extorted the Falwells. In fact, he said that the affair went on for a while. After that Fountain Blue or the, the hotel, um, you know, that first night, um, shortly after we had a weekend getaway at Chica Resort in the Florida Keys. Um, and in this trip, you know, we were doing our, you know, the nature of the relationship uh, continued there. And, um, you know, I mentioned to them that when I was younger, right, when I was in high school, I suffered with uh, video game addiction. Um, you know, at the time I was timid, been nervous, and I believe, you know, now in hindsight that they spotted these weaknesses um, and made me an ideal target. Um, I, I shared, you know, this passion project of mine where it's a, it's a company that would connect uh, video gamers suffering with video game addiction and families with health coaches. And he's like, oh, I think that's an excellent idea. And, um, you know, actually you could probably partner up with Liberty. Uh, you know, you should uh, come to New York with us. We're having a business trip and we could talk more about it. Um, and then in this trip in New York City, we stayed at the Gansevoort Hotel uh, on Park Avenue. And, and he said, look, I really like your idea. But before you can ever help anyone, you need to make a lot of money yourself. So I have a, and this is Jerry saying, he's like, I have a background in real estate. Pick a property in Miami. Pick a handful of properties. We'll get the best one. And you'll get a 25% ownership stake in it. So Granda says, no, he never extorted the Falwells. They say that he did and that he threatened to go public with the affair and tarnish them and the university and their reputation. And here's what Granda had to say about a weird photograph that Falwell showed him of himself with his wife's assistant. I don't know the context of the photo. All I know is that I was I was with him and Becky at a hotel in Miami Beach at the Lowe's Hotel. We were having drinks. They ordered me drinks. We're having drinks. And then he sent me the picture. And I tried to act cool about it. I didn't want to overreact, but I immediately I thought it was bizarre, you know, considering the nature of our relationship. And at that moment, I'm like, huh, something, something more is going on here. Um, I, I don't like this. But I didn't say anything. Uh, I didn't know what to do. Um, but again, I don't know the context behind it. And, and whatever explanation you get is, it's fine. That doesn't matter. The point is, it's why did he have that picture? Why did he share it? And why was he joking about it? He publicly said that he was joking about it. I think that's, that should raise uh, some questions. So Falwell issued a statement and said, over eight years ago, my wife and I met an ambitious young man while vacationing who was working at our hotel and was saving up his money to go to school. And he wrote that we encouraged him to pursue an education and career. And we were impressed by his initiative in suggesting a local real estate opportunity. My family members eventually made an investment in a local property, included him in the deal because he could play an active role in managing it and became close with him and his family. I should say. 
Well, shortly thereafter, Becky had an inappropriate personal relationship with this person, something in which I was not involved. Oh, really? And it was nonetheless very upsetting to learn about. Mm-hmm. After I learned this, I lost 80 pounds, and people who saw me regularly thought I was physically unwell, when in reality I was balancing how to be supportive of Becky, who I love, while also reflecting and praying about whether there were other ways I could have been more supportive of her and given her proper attention. She might not have strayed with the pool boy. While we tried to distance ourselves from him over time, he unfortunately became increasingly angry and aggressive. Which, of course, Granda denies. He says he never got upset. He just wanted his money. So as the seven-year affair went on, for much of the duration, the Falwells would fly to Miami multiple times a year, and Granda would visit the Falwells farm in Virginia. And he would have sex with Becky, and Jerry would watch both in person and on tape. He said he enjoyed watching us in person and also remotely through video cameras. He also listened to our phone calls, Granda said. Granda declined to answer questions about how much of his relationship with the Falwells involved him and Becky exclusively without Jerry present. Hmm. Eventually, Granda said he decided to come forward and speak about the situation for a number of reasons, including his desire to break free from the Falwell family, his frustration over the amount of money paid to people to settle the dispute over the Miami hostel, and yes, boiling frustration over the Falwell's refusal to purchase his 24.9% equity stake in the hostel. He got a little hostile. So Falwell recently resigned from Liberty University. I mean, the writing was on the wall. Liberty's board of directors was not happy. And the couple possibly had another encounter with a second pool boy from the Miami Beach Fountain Blue Hotel. Gordon Bello claims that he had a personal relationship with Becky Falwell. Granda and Bello were high school friends and both were working at the Fountain Blue Hotel, where they claim they met the Falwells while the couple vacationed in 2012. And in addition, the one-time Liberty University student says former university president Jerry Falwell Jr.'s wife performed a sex act on him when he stayed at the couple's home in 2008. He was 22 at the time and said Becky Falwell initiated the act. He went along with it but rejected further advances. This accuser says he was at home after band practice with Becky Falwell's son and that she had continued to offer him gifts and send him messages over Facebook. And the couple has released a statement condemning what they called a frenzy of false and fantastic claims in the wake of Jerry Falwell Jr.'s resignation following the sex scandal. And of course, Jerry Falwell Jr., the son of the evangelical leader of the same name who led the university his father founded 13 years ago, has had a serious fall from grace. I would like to also take this opportunity to recognize my beautiful wife, Becky. Becky, would you stand? She has done an incredible job caring for students and supporting me. And thank you, sweetie. I love you very much. I'll bet Becky is not looking so lovely to Jerry now. Well, moving on, we had a break in a case that had everybody on edge on the Treasure Coast after an elderly couple was brutally murdered in their home. They went into an open garage door, armed himself with a little cutting knife that was in the garage and went inside and began the attack. That's Martin County Sheriff William Snyder, who kind of talks like he has marbles in his mouth. But he says detectives have made an arrest in the brutal double murder of the Smiths last month. The medical examiner determined that both victims died of blunt force trauma and sharp force trauma. The suspect said that his motive was robbery. Sheriff Snyder says that 55-year-old handyman Johnny Mannard confessed and is charged with two counts of first-degree murder in the case. 
He says he got away with 700 bucks and paid his rent with some of the money and bought crack cocaine. Here's how the murders went down, according to the sheriff. The Smiths were killed inside the Rocky Point home on Wednesday, August 26th. The bodies were discovered by a friend two days later, which would have been August 28th. Mr. Smith owned several rental properties, and Johnny Mannard worked for him in the capacity of a handyman. On the day of the murders, Mannard was captured on a residential security camera walking to the Smith's home. Mannard said he entered the home through an open garage door. He immediately confronted Lorraine Smith and demanded money. Lorraine refused, so Manor grabbed an extremely heavy glass bowl and smashed Lorraine Smith over the head. Donald Smith, who was taking a shower at the time, heard the commotion and ran out to assist his wife, whereupon Johnny Manard bashed Mr. Smith in the back of his head with the same heavy glass bowl. The suspect went to the kitchen where he grabbed a large, sharp carving knife, bread knife, however you describe it. He returned to the Smith's bodies and slit both of their throats. Johnny Maynard was an immediate person of interest. Detectives arrested him on domestic battery and drug charges on Saturday, August 27th. He has since been held in our jail on a relatively high bond. On the evening of his domestic battery arrest, Maynard requested to speak to a public defender. After days of work, the state attorney's office and Manor's attorney reached an agreement in which the suspect would give a detailed account of the murders and plead guilty to two counts of first-degree murder and one count of aggravated burglary. The agreement stipulates that Manor will be sentenced to three consecutive life sentences. And very importantly, a frightened community can now rest more easily. And because he confessed, the state agrees that Mannard will be sentenced to those three consecutive life sentences, and he made the agreement to avoid the death penalty. Now, moving on again, Joe Exotic is asking for a pardon from President Trump. The Tiger King star reportedly sent a letter to the president asking him to pardon his 22-year prison sentence for his part in a murder-for-hire scheme. He wanted to kill his nemesis, Tampa's big cat rescue ranch cool cat or killer kitten, Carol Baskin. The 57-year-old zookeeper maintains his innocence. He claims he was railroaded and betrayed. Meantime, Monday night on ABC... Animal activist Carol Baskin ready to suit up for the opening of season 29 of ABC's Dancing with the Stars. Baskin is best known again for her appearance on Netflix's Tiger King, and she will wear a tiger-themed outfit when she hits the floor live on Monday night. And get this, she's going to dance to Survivor's song, Eye of the Tiger. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. The founder of the Big Cat Rescue in Tampa told the costume department... No fur, no feathers, no leather. But she'll wear anything else. She doesn't care how wild. The eye of the tiger. Sorry about that. Survivor won't let me play the real one. You know, copyright issues. Hey, all you cool cats and kittens. It's Carol at Big Cat Rescue. Meanwhile, over on CBS 48 Hours Suspicion, a two-part series on what happened to Carol's second husband, Don Lewis, who has been missing since the late 90s and presumed dead. If you try to leave me again, 
I will put you in the grinder like I did Don. That's the ex-wife of Carol and Don's handyman, Trish Farr Payne, who told 48 Hours Suspicion that her ex-husband, Kenny Farr, may be connected to Lewis's disappearance, although police say there's no new suspects in the case. Farr was a handyman for the pair, taking care of both their big cats and properties. See a trend here? Those pesky handymen. Now, Payne alleges to 48 Hours that one night her husband, whom she claims was violent toward her as well, arrived home with Lewis's van. Far Payne alleges that there were guns in the van, which she claims her then-husband told her belonged to Lewis. The plot thickens. Stay tuned here to full rigor. Next week again, I'll tell you all about nymphomaniac Kathy Willits and her Broward County Sheriff deputy husband who liked to watch. Kind of like old Jerry Falwell Jr. Check me out on Instagram, Full Rigor Podcast. I drop a new podcast every Monday. So don't forget to subscribe, download, and give me five stars wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. That wraps up Full Rigor for this week. Until next time. This holiday, whether you're making a Baker's Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Baker's has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup so you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. And right now, you can save when you shop your faves. Just buy six or more participating sale items and save 50 cents each with your card. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Peloton, let's go. This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors. We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes, from running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you.